welcome to the Dental Deep Dive, where we dive into industry trends and best practices for optimizing your dental organization while providing the best possible experience and care for patients. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dental Deep Dive. On our episode today, we are super excited to have Dr. Kearns. Dr. Kearns is the Chief Dental Officer for Salud Family Health in Northeastern Colorado. He currently represents the largest federally qualified health center in the state and is in charge of their overall dental department. He's also president-elect for NOAA, which is the National Network of Oral Health Access. Today with Dr. Kearns, we're going to discuss some of the biggest challenges that are facing clinics right now. We're going to talk a little bit about how we can advise dental programs to make good strategic improvements and look at ways that FQHCs are innovating to really help improve their communities. With that, let's dive in. All right. Welcome, Dr. Kearns. We're so glad you could be here today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Hey, yeah, I'm really loving your mic setup. You sound like a radio announcer. (laughs) Well, great. After this year of doing a lot of of Zoom calls, I think we've all gotten better. I think so, too. Hey, um, as we start jumping in here, one of the things I I really think is interesting is we're really tracking trends in the industry. So from your perspective, I mean, I'm sure you're keeping an eye on what's going on with clinics and with your role in NOAA. Can you tell us, you know, what hot topics are you hearing about? What are what are people doing? You know, tell us a little bit about industry trends that you're seeing. Sure. So I, I think we could probably break that down into about five different trends. You know, the first one I think is teledentistry. I think a lot of us uh, weren't using it a lot before the pandemic, but with the pandemic, many of us did start using synchronous teledentistry. So we could do our video, you know, uh, consultations with patients, and, and then we bring them into the clinic as needed. And so I think that really did take off and people started to see the value of that. And also there is asynchronous teledentistry. And we've actually been doing that at my health center here in Colorado uh, since 2017, where we've been doing, it's called the virtual dental home model. It's what California was doing before Colorado. But essentially we do it in the school district where we have the hygienist there that will do the clinical photos, the radiographs, the dentists will do the virtual exam, and then they can place SDF and ITR in the school setting. So those two forms of teledentistry, I think, Both of them are receiving a closer look now in dentistry. Another category or another trend that I think is really taking off is integration. And that can be with medical providers or behavioral health providers. So at community health centers, those are required services. So all of us have medical, dental, and behavioral health. And for the majority of health centers, the medical department is much larger. It's generally four to five times larger than the dental program. So we're trying to have a larger impact through prevention. Since we don't have the capacity to see all of our own medical patients, we do integrate where we put our hygienist into the, the medical setting and we have them prioritize trying to get in and do some education, some screening, some fluoride. And they focus primarily on children and OB patients and adults who take xerostomic medications. Also behavioral health. We have uh, behavioral health providers coming into our dental program at my health center and they're doing the depression screenings while the patient is waiting for anesthetic and they're helping to get our really anxious patients calmed down. We've seen a lot of benefit of integrating with other disciplines and I think that reinforces the importance of oral health in overall health. Another trend we're seeing is dental providers administering vaccines. Many states did allow this 
And I know at our health center, overall, we've administered over 94,000 vaccines and about 1,500 to 2,000 of those were done by my dentists and hygienists. And I think there's a place for vaccines in the future for the dental profession. And I know that some states such as Oregon do already allow this. And I think, you know, that should be a conversation moving forward. What is appropriate for dental providers to administer? We're used to giving injections all day long where we're aiming for a nerve in the mouth we can't see. I think we're very well qualified to administer a vaccine in the arm. So that should be a conversation moving forward. And another piece that I think is becoming more and more important are quality metrics in the dental world. In FQHC, like us, we do have to report quality metrics on an annual basis to the federal government, to HRSA. And medical has a lot more metrics than dental does, but we do report on one metric that's sealants on 69-year-olds. So every community health center in the country must report on that on an annual basis. But I think that there's a lot more metrics that are important. So NOAA, which stands for the National Network for Oral Health Access, actually has 15 metrics that they recommend all health centers follow and measure on. And we're doing most of those at my health center. And we can dig into that a little bit deeper, but I think a trend is going to be measuring the quality that we're providing. And that can help demonstrate, are we actually making our communities healthier? I think those are really good trends. And and I'm seeing some of the same things, even in the commercial world, just looking at, you know, the types of data they gather and are they improving overall care? And I think you're really nailing a couple of things that are really interesting. So one of the things that, you know, kind of started our whole conversation was the NOAA involvement, right? I mean, we're, we partner with NOAA and so we, we know about you guys, but maybe the rest of the community doesn't know NOAA as well. So can you tell us a little bit about the work that they do and some of the initiatives that NOAA is doing right now? Definitely. So just a little bit of background about NOAA. So again, it stands for the National Network for Oral Health Access. And actually, we're celebrating our 30th anniversary this year. So we've been around for a while. But NOAA, they are a HRSA National Training and Technical Assistance Partner. And their mission is to improve the oral health of underserved populations. And NOAA does this through a variety of ways. And they provide strategies to increase oral health care, including national learning collaboratives. And those are on topics like integration, teledentistry, sealants, workforce. They do webinars, they do publications. So they have a lot of resources that are out there for its members. And they have a, a leadership training institute. And so they'll take new dental directors who have been at their community health center for less than five years, are a little bit new to running a dental program, and they'll take them through a year-long intensive training program. And so part of it will be done online, part in person, but it will cover a very wide range of topics on what you need to run a health center. Many of those skills aren't trained in dental school. And many of our community health centers have multiple clinics and they're complex. Again, you have an integrated model, you have school-based programs. So just knowing how to run those properly takes quite a bit of knowledge. And, and that's where NOAA is a good resource for its members. I think that's really fantastic. You know, I, th- I think there's a lot of dentists out there that have grown their practices that have multiple locations. I think they wish they had a tailored one-year program on, you know, how should I run this thing? So I, I think that's really fantastic. Where are you seeing NOAA's kind of biggest, most positive impacts in the industry right now? You know, I think it's got to be access overall. Again, that's in its name. It is one of the main challenges we see nationwide is it doesn't matter if it's a rural community, if it's an urban community, 
there always seems to be a problem with access to quality oral health care. And so where NOAA focuses is how to improve access, how to improve the oral health care of those underserved populations. So a lot of the trends we spoke about, teledentistry, for example, quality metrics, they have learning collaboratives to try and teach people you know, how to do this, to get them started. And these collaboratives can last up to a year or longer. It's training that's intensive to help people accomplish these goals. So I think access is where they're having the biggest impact right now. And that is their goal. You know, I, I'm sitting back and I'm kind of thinking about the positive impact that you guys are doing. So my real question is, how did you get involved in it? Like, <laughs> how did you get involved with NOAA? I mean, because I, I think there's a lot of us that, you know, want to contribute to the community and we do all in our own ways, right? But, you know, how did you get involved with NOAA? You know, tell me about the backstory on that. Sure. So I started working at my community health center back in 2007. I was actually a student here in 2006. And uh, I, I had heard about NOAA when I started because of the national organization that represents community health dentists and hygienists. And so I attended my first annual conference in 2010. And boy, I tell you that the continuing education was right in line with what I needed. And a lot of it was just the networking with peers who knew the environment, who knew the challenges. And I thought, you know, wow, I really want to get involved here. So I started off with just volunteering for one of their committees, practice management. And from there, I I just kept getting more and more involved because I really wanted to contribute to the organization. So uh, conference planning committee, I I co-chaired the practice management committee. We started updating our manuals. You know, we have fundamental manuals that are out there for anyone to read on topics like financials, workforce, quality, leadership. And then uh, I got uh, involved with that learning institute that I told you for the year-long intensive training. I'm now faculty for that. Later, I joined the board. And at this point, I'm, I'm president-elect for NOAA. So it's a great program. And I wanted to keep contributing to their good cause. That's awesome. You know, that just makes me think about all of us trying to contribute in our own way. And I, I think you've done a fantastic job, Dr. Kearns. Really appreciate it. One thing that we like to ask people is, you know, tell us about some of the biggest challenges you're seeing in the clinics that you guys are helping right now? What, what kind of things are you seeing? And, and, and maybe some of the things are, what are people doing that, that's helping? Definitely. Yeah. And I think that the main thing that we're seeing, you know, after COVID, a lot of patients didn't come in, unfortunately. So I feel like we're playing some catch up with our patients, trying to get them back to the level of oral health we'd like to see. But again, the main challenge I feel like continues to be access to care. And that's why we're really focusing on some of these innovative models and how can we get more people to utilize our oral health system. And so that's why uh, we're focusing on teledentistry as an avenue. And again, at my health center personally, we've been doing it for a number of years in the school district. We support school-based health programs. So I know at my health center, we're in about 90 schools and Head Start programs. And NOAA has a lot of resources on how to do that. Because we feel that if we can take the care to the patients, then we know more people are going to utilize the oral health care system. So it's another way to improve access and reduce the barriers to care. And as I mentioned, integration, another way where if we can put our hygienists in the medical side of the clinics, if we can bring oral health care to their medical visits, then we know we're going to improve access because some of those patients who don't see the dental provider on a regular basis, we know we can capture them on the medical side. So that seems to be, you know, our, our 
main hurdle is just getting more of our patients, not just underserved patients, just more patients to utilize the oral health care system. Perfect. So one of the things that kind of creeps up for a lot of people is when I saw people going back post-COVID, we saw some, some challenges in getting like talent. And I know that NOAA has education around talent management. Did you see some of the same challenges getting people to come back? So, yeah, I think it was challenging for everybody, absolutely. And I think right now, just in general, getting workforce can be difficult. Not just the providers, but also the support staff can be challenging. And and I think you would see that at health centers as well as probably the private sector as well. So I I think uh, workforce is going to remain challenging for quite some time into the future. And that is one of the sections that we have a manual on that we provide technical assistance on is workforce. But definitely, that is a problem that we have seen. We do have a job bank at NOAA. So for those who are interested in working at a federally qualified community health center or who want loan repayment, you know, this job bank helps identify where there are openings close to them. So that helps with the workforce. But again, it's not just the providers, it is the support staff that can be challenging as well. And you know, some of our community health centers had developed pretty extensive training programs. And that's another area that NOAA is focusing right now, is trying to put together a resource on how health centers can train their own dental assistants and to give them the skills to be successful in a health center. And so that's one of the, the things that NOAA is working on to improve workforce at health centers. Yeah, it's one of those things that if we don't talk about it, somebody will say, hey, you missed this, you know. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. uh, you know, just that coming back and and seeing how people were able to adapt and creative ways that people got people back in to support the staff. And, and I think that we all deployed a little level of creativity there. So now right here, one of the things I was kind of thinking about earlier today was, you know, we know that you're president-elect for NOAA. That's awesome. Tell me about your day job. <laughs> you're, uh, so you're a chief dental officer, is that right? That is correct. So, so I am the chief dental officer at Salud Family Health Centers. So we're a federally qualified community health center in Northeast Colorado. And so uh, we, I, have, I oversee 10 dental clinics. And so about half of them are urban and then half of them are very rural. So we are a mixture. And we provide comprehensive care. So my work is split between administrative time and clinical time. So I still see patients. I love dentistry. I went to dental school, you know, to be a dentist. But it's very rewarding because I I think some of the programs that we offer here, you know, some of the ways that we can get care to our patients, you know, I feel really good about, you know, how we're able to help those communities to improve their oral health. That's amazing. It seems like everybody I talk to wears three hats. Um, sounds like you're wearing four hats. <laughs> you know, so depends on the day, right? So what do you think some of the most successful, I mean, obviously from your NOAA perspective and being the uh, chief dental officer, I think that one of the things that you have a unique perspective on is what are you seeing that clinics are doing successfully that other clinics are not doing? Like, wh- you know, what is some of that secret sauce that you're seeing right now? Sure. I think that number one would be quality metrics. So before I got extensively involved in NOAA, you know, we we tried to have a a rough idea on quality. You know, are we providing good clinical care? You know, is our care lasting a long time? You know, how are patients rating us on performance? But after getting involved with NOAA and they have these 15 metrics, we really started to track things like 
carries at recall and treatment plan completion rates, you know, and our carries risk assessment completion on all patients, things like the sealants on the 69-year-olds and sealants on 10 to 14-year-olds. And we really focused on evidence-based care. And that's also a big focus of NOAA. So I started integrating that into my community health center here in Colorado. And I feel like it's really made a difference for us. Now we have reports showing us treatment plan completion. You know, are, are, are we completing the majority of the cases that we start? And to me, the really important one is the carries a recall because I feel like over time, it'll show us, are we making our community healthier? You know, is what I'm doing truly improving the health of my patients? And I feel like the carries a recall is a good demonstration of the impact that we're having. You know, I feel like another area that is really successful is focusing on prevention. As we all know, caries is, in general, a preventable disease. We know the factors that cause it. And I feel like there's room for us to improve how much we're preventing it. And so that's why we have a really large focus in the school-based programs. As I mentioned, we're, we have quite a few schools. We're in about 90 at the moment. We have a big focus on the, the teledentistry model at our rural sites. And that's been interesting because we know that some of those kids do need to come see the dentist. And even though we have a, a full-time navigator, all the schools with, are within three miles of our clinic, you know, we can arrange transportation and we have a sliding fee scale, we accept Medicaid. We still cannot get all those kids to our clinic. So it reinforces the importance of us taking the care to them. Otherwise, we know some of those kids just are not going to utilize the oral health care system that we have built at the moment. And so, um, so I think... Those are some of the areas that are really important that make programs successful right now. Are there any other areas where you would recommend that people make improvements? You know, one of the things that occurs to me is like in dental programs, if they're not capturing metrics, they should probably start capturing metrics, right? Like, so I think that's like a, I think that was an obvious one, but are there any other areas where you think, hey, listen, here's some keys to making improvements that you've seen that really made a, a big impact? Boy, that, you know, there's a lot of things that I think everyone can improve on, you know, uh, you know, not just FQHCs. I'm sure every dental practice out there can make improvements. You know, I, I think for us being a large organization, some of the things that we have done recently are create uh, protocols for how we handle everything in dental, for example, because again, we have 10 clinics, so we're, we're standardizing how we handle our procedures, how we handle our documentation, our referrals. We have a robust chart audit process now where we quarterly, we review charts and everybody in my organization participates. My pediatric dentists will audit each other. So you have like-minded providers auditing each other. We have a pretty robust peer review process and we encourage providers to self-refer if they find a case that, boy, the outcome just you know wasn't as good as they had hoped. We encourage self-referrals. And we're in this together. We have a lot of smart people in our organization and we want to learn from each other. I know here uh, we've started having a residency program and it's been nice training the future workforce. We also accept a lot of undergrad students. Uh, you know, just for example, because we're in Colorado, we take students from the University of Colorado and we take about 70 of their 80 students. We'll rotate through our clinics. So we're, we're one of the main rotations and we take students from four different universities. And so I, I think training the future workforce is also important. And not all of them are going to work at health centers, but at least they'll be aware of some of the challenges that the vulnerable populations face in access to care. You know, by, again, I, I think it's a long list where organizations can improve. But those are some of the areas, you know, that we have focused on recently. No, I, I think those are spot on. I think it's really interesting. We, we did a previous podcast interview fairly recently. We talked about 
just developing standard operating procedures. I mean, it's just a different name for protocols, right? So it's really about, you know, dialing in your process, making you have your machine broken down, you know what people are supposed to do when they're supposed to do it, and and having those things documented and having a, a flow designed. And I might add to that, you know, another area that I feel like has been really impactful, and again, I mentioned earlier, Noah's working on it, is the process to train support staff. So at our organization, we have a career ladder where uh, they they take, uh, it's five different levels and uh, uh, it's required that they complete this. They at least have to get through our second level. And at Salute, at my organization, we actually require all dental assistants to become registered dental assistants in order to stay on with us. You know, we set the bar. That was our own internal expectation, but uh, they'll, they'll take these didactic courses online to prepare them. They must pass competencies in the clinic and then they'll take the uh, certification course to become certified dental assistants. And we created those ladders for all of our support staff, our dental front desk, as well as on the medical side, medical records, our pharmacy techs. And what this does is it empowers our frontline staff to have a way to grow and to move up in the organization. And some of the upper levels will train them on how to become like a lead dental assistant if they want to move up. It's things like ethics and employment law and how to train and motivational interviewing. So we have found this to be impactful because number one, we can take staff that don't have the skills when they join us, as long as they have the right attitude, you know, the right philosophy, and then we can train them and give them some skills and then give them an opportunity to grow. And boy, that has really helped morale. It's helped performance of our staff and it's helped our workforce, our recruitment. And again, that's something Noah's working on too. If organizations or other clinics have questions or they'd like to learn more about what you guys are doing, how would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? Sure. So I I think email is probably the easiest way. And if people just go to the NOAA website, there it'll list all the board members. I'm listed there and all of our email addresses are there as well. And you're very welcome to email me. You're also welcome to email the NOAA organization and they have staff that can answer your questions as well. Perfect. Yeah, we'll make sure that we have those details in the show notes as well. Dr. Kearns, thank you so much for being on our show today. This was absolutely phenomenal. Is there any parting words of wisdom you'd like to share with anybody, (laughs) with our audience here? Um, Well, again, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to come on today to talk with you. And if you're not familiar with NOAA, I would encourage people just to go out to the website. And we do have our national conference coming up and it'll be in San Antonio this year and it will be November. And so we highly encourage people to to check us out. It's well worth the time. And again, I appreciate the time to come on and make people aware of our mission and what we're trying to do. We're all in this together. So absolutely. And for sure, we'll make sure in our show notes, we've got links to some of the resources that we pointed out, like the workforce manual, some of the other links that we have, we'll have a link to the conference. So people, it'll be easy for people to find and, and really appreciate your time. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. We were so glad to have Dr. Kearns join us on this episode. There were a couple of things that really stood out to me today that I think were powerfully impactful. One, was the idea of having a very finite set of metrics of which to benchmark the performance of an organization. And whether that performance is financial, which we talk about a lot on the commercial dentistry side, or clinical, having a very concrete set of metrics to evaluate performance around the clinical aspects of care, I think having some type of structure on both sides is particularly powerful for organizations really starting to advance what they're doing in dentistry. 
A couple other things that kind of stood out to me was this idea of having more structure around protocols and having the right type of, you know, we call it workflows generally, but I like the idea of having some structure with which to work from and benchmark on. I loved his conversation about the fact that they're doing quarterly chart audits and that they're using like-minded specialists to to benchmark. So you'd use a pediatric dentist to benchmark another pediatric dentist when you're looking at chart audits. I think that's a fantastic idea and really can bring in the team to really evaluate the performance of, of that part of the clinic. Other things I thought were interesting, the way that they're leveraging residency programs and their continued expansion of teledentistry and how they see that as something that they're going to continue to leverage now, not just because of COVID, but also seeing it springboard into the future for their organization. So really glad to uh, have Dr. Kearns on the show. And thank you all for joining us here on the Dental Deep Dive. Today, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Dentrix Enterprise, for sponsoring this episode of the Dental Deep Dive. Dentrix Enterprise is designed to help organizations and FQHCs really hone in and optimize their performance of their dental organizations. If you'd like to learn more about how Dentrix Enterprise can help your organization centralize operations and become more efficient, please visit them at dentrixenterprise.com forward slash dental deep dive. 